0: Sarah May. and this is an episode about love and it's about how to give love and I guess it's just good relationship practices so this one is for Katie I hope you like this I hope it helps so this is all about relationships and it covers how to give um, love to a person you're in a good relationship with and that means healthy loving functioning Relationship. And it should be one that has been chosen based on a person who loves you back equally. And you started the relationship with the same goal, which is to be good and supportive to one another. I want to be clear this is not to be applied exclusive of self care and self protection. If you listen to this, it should be taken in with the existing understanding that you first and foremost must care for yourself and love yourself. And be with a person who is capable of loving and respecting you back. You cannot put the needs of someone else above self-protection and self-love. And none of what I am saying should make you think that I'm implying that. This is not at all about preventing yourself from taking care of yourself. Self-love and knowing how to take care of yourself is the building block to being capable of a loving relationship. So if you are not in a good relationship that is mutually loving this is not an episode for you. It could even be dangerous because the other person will not be capable of reciprocating the balance necessary. So this is for people in a loving relationship and you're working on giving love better to that person. And I have a lot of tools in this one. And many of them are for being the most effectively supportive if your partner is suffering. And many of them are for breaking through um, to an empowered position when the powerful patterns take over. When intimacy is not fun or simple romance and you're both struggling to find a path to be caring to each other in the midst of stress and conflict because relationships are very confusing. They're personal. And When two people get intimate, another human becomes a very major part of your focus and you can't separate yourself completely because you're operating as a, as a pair. And that can feel frustrating and make you feel overwhelmed or powerless. Because when it comes to the other person's suffering, it's your life too. So when a relationship is new, you don't have things that the other person must fulfill for you to be happy as an individual, not consciously at least. But it's there deep down as a part of your life experience. There's an assumption that you're on the same page, that this person will act as you see them right now. And when we haven't seen all the multitude of facets, that is an individual, we just assume that they are who we believe them to be. And they're a printout of the avatar we create for them. And because of that image, we choose a mate, we commit, we fall in love. So over time, we learn of all of the facets that we have misinterpreted, or we see the ones that we still can't quite grasp because we have different languages. And we also both change, we grow at different speeds in different directions. So it is an average life experience that the elasticity of a bond will be tested. And this continuous growth and shifting is why relationships take work. They require we adhere, we shift, we move in new places, we accept. And they require we forever show up as our whole self. This work, of course, is a great thing for both people in a relationship because it strengthens both of you, it matures both of you, and that's true whether it feels like it at any given time or not. So that is the point I am jumping off from right now, for the good of making love work. Here we go, there are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. The what. When you enter a relationship, you are meant to be whole, complete, ready to share this work of art that is you. And that's why a relationship is one of mutual rewards and not debt owed. Your life is a gift you offer. It brings more color to this other person's life and vice versa. And you choose very, very carefully because of this. This person must be deserving. And once you choose, you give them this very precious gift that is your loving and bountiful soul. So by default, what you ask of this other person should always come from that gift place, that whole place. It is not a need that they do anything to make you happy. It is a want, of course, but it's not a mandate because they are always a gift they give to you. And it is through this method of perception with zero expectations and zero demands that we can love others the best way we're capable of. However, in the real world, most of us tend to regress to our emotional baggage related isms or broken records. And they're all kind of tied to receiving care. It's all around how we were loved by our family. Because, with habit, our unconscious self takes over. It's when we are stressed, busy, worried, taxed, emotionally drained, chemically compromised, or in a pattern of nonstop overthinking, that we begin to operate from a survival mode state. It is biology, the stress response, fight or flight, our most base level thoughts and emotions. And it is here that we approach our relationships from a place of need. What do I need? What are my wants? What should this other person do for me? This expectation, these rules of what they should do, these come from a weak and compromised place inside us. These needs they are meant to fulfill for us do not exist in reality. They exist in our muscle memory. They're echoes of the way our childhood love maps were formed, what our parents didn't or did give us, and also what strengthens our ego. Which pretty much boils down to, I'm right, I am so right, and you are so wrong. Everyone else would agree with me. And unfortunately, most of us end up in a stress response state for a ton of our lifetime. So our relationships take the brunt of the weight because this person is there to support and give to us unconditionally. And it doesn't mean that that statement, that loop, is true for you anymore. It's actually very old. And more importantly, it's reactive. That go-to is unconscious. It's a default setting when your energy is low. So why would this old baggage come into play in a romance? Because relationships are a reenactment of our home, how we learn to love and care for others, and also what we still crave from others as love. Relationships are extensions of what we didn't get from our parents in the form of validation. And the needs of a child are very, very powerful. They're based on sustaining life. Because they're your parents, you literally need them to survive. That's why when it comes to intimacy, so much of the emotional neediness between the two of you will be similar to that of a desperate child. You have to love me, but you can't criticize me. But why don't you love me enough to see how hurt I am? I can't sustain such pain from you. How dare you, I'm so vulnerable. Love it is an extremely compromising position to be put in. You give another person the power to destroy you. Because to be seen so completely is intense. It's a confrontation. It's like you're both standing naked in front of one another. This person can hurt you so easily because they can see all of you. And that, for many of us, is utterly terrifying. And the harder the exterior, the tougher the exterior, the more sensitive the skin beneath will be. So we become like children in our relationships and how vulnerable we are to one, other, one another. And it's just, it's terrifying to be seen so completely by someone, someone else, especially if you are in flux in your life or you're not secure with who you are quite yet or things are challenging you and you're not quite confident enough. It's like the last call and the floodlights turn on and you're not wearing makeup and you have a lot of (laughs) zits. That's intimacy. So yeah, it can be really intense and bring out all sorts of stuff. This person, even though they have love for you, can destroy you. So it's a high-stakes bond. This is why it's vital that you, as a loving partner, covet and keep sacred your significant other's heart. Even if you are filled with loathing and frustration, As a partner, your job is to handle that heart with white gloves, always very, very gently. The positive side to this is that when you are secure with another person who loves you, you work out your stuff, you let it out, you go through the knots and tangles that are stuck deep down. So that's a sign that you feel ready and safe to confront your inner issues. And it's how we also test How safe we really are. We finally work out all our stuff, all the crap that's been put away for our lifetime. It usually happens within the first two years of marriage. So it's a good thing that a person feels safe enough to really let the weird out, but it's on the receiving end pretty rough. And it can be an unexpected test to your ability to be the strong one. And it can also put quite a bit of weight on love, to say the least. As you mature and grow up, you realize that the person you've chosen is and will be just who they are. They are not who you wish they were or want them to be. They are human and flawed, and even if you think they should wanna be a different way, that expectation is unfair and unrealistic. And the sooner you get to that truth and accept it, the faster you will be happy and get the love you want. Once you let go of the pain of your own expectations, you become truly empowered to act based on your own best interests, as well as those of the, the person you love. Why? Because you're not basing things on your unmet wants. You're basing them on truth and on tactical moves of what gets me what I want, what is outside of my control. Because truthfully, the most pain you experience comes from you on you, from you feeling a victim. To how this person is not, in reality, what you deem they should be. Part two, the why. Here's just some typical stuff that gets in the way of our love. The ego. The ego is our thinking, calculating, solving brain. And it's what overdevelops power or emphasis in us when we are operating nonstop from our thoughts. From a thinking brain. When we're solving and... Like when you don't shut down and you're just always on. So when we get stressed or really busy or we begin to operate by habit or patterns, and there are lots of patterns in relationships, you go into kind of a base level survival operation mode. You are quite literally operating on power saving because it's you're, you're operating from habit. In other words, you're unconscious. So it is when you live from this place, this place of the ego, the ego is the the pattern maker. It's what will be labeling everything. Who's right, who's wrong, and what the points are. What are things to collect and remember to reaffirm your constructed identity? You can literally make yourself happy or you can make yourself upset from this patterned construction. I'm sure you've had that experience a million times where you start to define in your brain, like, that you should feel sad, that you have such a, a right to feel sad, and you can literally start, you, it's almost like hitting play on a record. It's your ego building up rightness, building up strengthening the definition, and also playing a built-in habit. It's power-saving. But regardless of how automated it feels, it's a choice. When you actually make yourself feel victim-y or sad or angry, when you imagine and play out the sin against you and you choose to feel pain, that is a lazy, what you might believe is out of your control, but it's a choice. In that moment, the time you can let something go, but you lean in favor of, but it's unfair, that instinct is your ego and it's coming from a place of trigger points. It's like the pinball machine. It's usually coming from a place of fatigue or you're just probably likely unaware that you have a decision to make and that that is not who you truly are. Who is the true you? The one who wants love and peace and to be out of a stupid pattern that makes your relationship unfun for both of you. You are the higher self is listening to this and having tiny bells ring in the recesses of your heart that is the true you with an empowered motivated decision to change because you don't want this stuff you don't want those patterns to play out that's not you that's just habit built in stress love is like a rubber band around the two of you and it needs to Maintain its elasticity. So when you go through too much stress early on in your relationship You put your bond through too much pressure. You can literally break it And that doesn't mean it can't be rebuilt But that must be done deliberately with care and attention. You have to foster the, the love part again and To do that one person has to start and they have to go all in That person can inspire the change from the other person, but it's like you have to throw away the old rule book and get a new one and stick to it, show you really mean it. The yin with the missing yang will alter the shape of your patterns together. But when you choose yourself, you don't realize the person can't keep going on the same way because you're no longer completing the other half of it. So if those are toxic patterns, In your life that you're experiencing, you have to be the one to start. You start the change when you stop making yourself into the other half. Protect yourself completely, absolutely. But stop resuming the state of, but I'm right. Stop putting your title of champion above every single fight. Because the goal is to rebuild that taut rubber band that is a loving relationship that is trust. Intimacy. When you become intimate in a committed relationship, it's a thousand times more painful to be criticized or analyzed by your partner, especially for somebody with a tough persona or an untouchable kind of character. So imagine however self-protective or vulnerable they felt before, now it's like standing with someone that has like a spiked weapon that can wound them very 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 deeply and this is what can damage your bond immensely when you can't see how extremely damaging your words and actions are and how badly a person actually takes them because it's not apples to apples you might not feel the pain of somebody's words but if somebody has a very very tough exterior it can it can level you Languages. So how others show their love and work their hardest is different per person. And when a person is pushed to their limit or you already have built-in expectations and they feel overcome by them, sometimes people give up. I'll repeat that. People give up. And that's when things start getting very bitter and fights are rampant. Because when they're already operating from a deficit, they've already disappointed you. It can cause a person to retreat back into their shell. If they cannot make you happy enough with who they are and what they have to offer, it becomes hopeless. So what's the point? If you are disappointed or you have built-in expectations of this person and they're very aware of them and they're always falling short, or if they have just terribly low confidence Sometimes people just accept failure. It's like they see the end of the tunnel and there is no light. So it's extremely important to acknowledge the love being offered from their partner in their respective language and give them the gift of acknowledging and receiving it. It's like an exchange between two foreign leaders. In order to make a strong bond, you have to accept the gift with humble gratitude, despite whether or not you want it or it's good as what you can do or it's just the gesture itself that is the currency. That is the language of love, humbly receiving the gift. So if you find yourself constantly questioning a relationship and you're wondering if it's a good one or not, here's some food for thought. Everyone is flawed. All relationships are flawed. All humans are going to have a lot of great traits and a lot of not great ones. And the lists of good and bad will shift, and they'll likely stay pretty even. And if you think from the outside that that's not true, then you're wrong. It's always a trade-off in every single partnership, in every single relationship. It all comes down to what matters most to you. The only decision you ever have to make about another person is... Is it worth it? What are your priorities? Most people are not going to be who you want them to be in your mind. So when you're weighing your relationship on whether or not you think it's good, consider this. Most people will have a list that stays pretty even. Good qualities and bad qualities, no matter how narrow the margin. And that's the only thing that matters. From there, move forward. Ask the question and take action. If the answer is yes, it's worth it, then you have to make the decision to put down your gripes immediately. Stop the limitation because all that does is fester inside you and your brain. Move on to what you can do to make the situation better. Here's another light bulb for you. Pervasively, everyone in a partnership will think they are doing the bulk of the work. It's true in work partnerships as well. And you know what? Assume you're not. You can't see the kind of work they do or how hard it is for them. So you can't compare your level of efficiency to somebody else's because it's not comparable. To love, you give the gift of appreciating somebody else as they are. And that is how you invite more success from them, not by judging how bad they are at something compared to you. So just make it your go-to state to assume that both people are doing their best And working as hard as they can in their own way. And people will bring opposite strengths. Sometimes you are not focused on the strengths that they bring. And sometimes they are clearly not working at all. But if that's the case, it's likely because they are suffering. So love is a lot of acting, yes. It's a lot of effort, yes. But this is all what you do to maintain the elasticity of the bond. Your goal is to get this person, your appendage, healthy and strong, operating at optimal level. And it's actually a self-serving goal. It's not all of you doing the work when the other person doesn't do enough. Love is the goal. It's always a sign of the victory. So don't keep a score. Your relationship has nothing to do with who does more or how wrong they are or what they should be doing or they're not. In fact, it works against you to focus on things like better or should. All measuring and justifying is just the ego's way of solidifying your definition of self. It's like craving a definition of how successful you are in the world or where you stand compared to others. But it's an imaginary power grab. It's neither here nor there, and it has nothing to do with your happiness or love. It has everything to do with fighting. Do you want to fight? No. Fighting sucks, and it fills your body with toxins. So stop that measuring. Love is the winner. Immediately forget who was right and who was wrong. Move the fuck on. Just <laughs> so think about what's important, and the sooner you can move on, the better. And the better you'll both get at catering to the highest goal which is heading a little higher on this mountain. So here we come to part three, the tools. And I have a lot of them. I think I have nine. Um, And some of them are for support. Some of them are for, I guess getting out of fights a little bit faster. A lot of these are no brainers. They're more like gentle reminders or refreshers. So think of these as a way to become more conscious as you move forward with your significant other. Because when you're in a relationship, it's really easy to lose perspective. You're isolated. You're on the face of the mountain with just this one other person. And all you can see is yourself and your own perspective. So often we are the ones that make ourselves unhappy with our significant other. Or even other people we're around will make us unhappy with our significant other. It's like when we start to place blame on them or we fall into habits where we unknowingly decide they're not enough. Or the way that we look at them starts to hurt them. When we become unloving, there are things that become not unconditional. When we stop coming from our whole non-needy place. So I want you to begin by thinking of your relationship as something healthy and growing, something you want not to be based on need, but to be based only on mutual benefit, like a continuous game of Secret Santa. You agree to be together based on mutual strength. You wanna push your other half higher and higher so that they can eventually pull you up when you need it. So here we go, number one. This tool is called love from your highest self, not your reactive self. So what I mean by that is you, the real you, is who you decide to be right now from a rational and whole place. The person who wants to enact all of the things I'm describing. That is you, not the person who gets mad and can't help themselves when they're upset and hurt. That's your weakest reactive survival mode mode ego-driven place. So this highest self is also a truth that exceeds the word of the other person. I know it's often hard to know what to do when the other person is telling you how you need to treat them or what you need to do to be loving to them and what you should do or should not do. So this highest self, this rational self, that is coming from a whole place, this is your personal court judge even when that person is telling you not to do something and you know that doesn't ring true in your heart you are the only one who can call the shots for how you know how to love and you know you know that best and know that you were chosen as a partner for who you are so you should never betray that self because often that self is going to guide you to the cre- correct action even if your partner is in a really dark place and can't see how you're trying to help them. This highest self can also be the one who overcomes the weaker self and goes against what you secretly want, like that leaning kind of, but I'm right, but I'm right, but I shouldn't have to work, but I should be the one that they apologize to. Your highest self has control and logical a logical perspective that outweighs that weaker self. So you should be fostering your most rational highest self, the one that's thoughtful, measured, coming from love, and then trust that self. So if you're in a place where you're confused and conflicted and you don't know what to do, just give yourself more time. That truth will come. So no matter what happens, this is where the real and powerful strengthening love can improve your relationship for both of you. And you might not get the reaction you want. You might be doing the really hard thing. You might be getting some backlash or you might feel like you didn't get to win an argument or you might not get any gratitude in return, but this, this highest self knows best. Don't react, wait, and listen allow this higher sense of what you pervasively want ethically as a human. That person gets to decide. So if, if uh, it helps, this is a, a journal exercise I want to offer you to kind of get in touch with this self. Because I know it can be confusing when you're like, but I have to stay true to my feelings and I don't want to betray myself. But it's like a lot of that stuff, we learned to do at a time when we needed it. A lot of that self-protective, you know, you're not allowed to treat me badly, that stuff comes from a time when we needed it. So if you chose right, if you chose somebody that can be trusted with your heart, it's time to put that stuff down. When that stuff isn't serving you anymore, there's no need to enforce it. It's not the goal anymore, you chose. So now it's about working, From that empowered place toward the higher goal, which is love. How do we build the love stronger? So this is the journal exercise I offer you. And do it from a place like this. Do it from a kind of enlightened and sober, rational place. Not when you're like really pissed off after a fight. From a loving and whole place. These are the questions. What do you as an empowered partner do for your relationship? to be unconditional lo- unconditionally loving. What do you decide matters to you? What do you decide is relevant in this lifelong team? And what is trivial? What do you want to skip over? Literally write a list of all the stuff that's not serving you, like the patterns that you can both fall into. How do you keep your other half healthy and thriving? What are the conditions you need to create? How do you strengthen it? How do you empower it? How do you support it best, it, the person? How do you support this person best when they need a little ego boost? What are the most prime conditions for this person to thrive? Allow, just decide now. Allow this person to win when they need that. Despite whether or not you know you're right, just decide it now because it's for the greater good. You want a strong mate that is very proud of who they are, is self-loving that is in your best interests so this exercise this reflection is not about them it's about you it's not about what they should do or what you wish they would do that thought process is a trap it's a focus on your neediness and not your power the power that exists inside of you already right now if you ask it to And if you put down your expectations, that cause you so much pain. This is not to place blame. The expectations are very sneaky fuckers. Because they're validated by others. They're validated by a lot of people we know and by culture, by movies, by sitcoms. The world says you are right to think these things. And they are wrong to not adhere to that. So often, expectations are invisible even to us we can't even see that we're comparing others to what they should do. So put that aside. Put down what they should be doing and just make it about how do I foster love? How do I foster growth and health in this appendage that is attached to my body, my partner? Number one. Number two is called love decoder ring. So This is a visual metaphor for you and it can also be another journal entry, but if you can't access a journal right now, just do it in your mind. I want you to begin to describe to yourself basically a decoder for what this person is and is not capable of and how they give you love. So literally, there are very specific and repeated moments that this person, your partner, will get stuck where they will shut off, where they will misinterpret, where they will struggle, or where they need to be, how they need to be loved. All of those things are their love language, and I want you to begin to write them down. Begin to record them. Don't expect them to change them or to adhere to what you need to hear. This is like a backwards way of of solving for, this is how I would like you to talk to me. Like, people can't do that. Some people are just not capable. I want you to begin to expect those places in them, in their behavior. Just anticipate it and know it is a part of them. Know that it is who they are and it is not something they are capable of changing. So if it's something like that you really wish they would do, like um, when you're upset say, I'm sorry, or be very uh, extroverted with their love, if that's something they can't do and you've seen it repeatedly, this decoder ring is about writing that down and accepting it as the truth. You have to acknowledge who they are in actuality and stop expecting them to behave differently. A lot of our hurt <clears throat> and our conflict in our relationships is the same loop it's where our needs clash we both play out the same but why why can't you see me and that's because we're both ignoring the facts of each other's limits and as we said before you're the one that has to start because you're the one that's enlightened right now so if you've got to write these down and you've got to accept them as their limits why? Because you are empowered to change it. You're empowered to fix this loop and cease the pain it's causing in both of you. And this step can be really hard because it's, it's like accepting a truth that part of you is desperately craving. It's this old childhood part of you that thinks you need this to be happy. So it can feel like a mini death of sorts. And you'll have to mourn it. I mean, quite literally. When you look at those spots of like, ah, this person doesn't do this, and I keep telling them I want them to to change this, when you stop thinking of it as a process you're working on and you instead look at it as this is who they are and they will always be, they can't, they're not capable, that feels very, very sad. So expect that to happen. Anticipate it. Again, you have to look at it, is it worth it? If it is, if you can deal mourn it's it is sad it's very very sad because it'd be great if we could all have like unconditional and totally powerful supportive partners but that's not the way humans are it's not you have limits too you probably can't see them this person probably has things that they wish you could do too but it's not who you are so this one I know is a tough one but it will help you actually figure out what you want to do and how you can fix it once you learn to you learn the person's voids depending on our childhood dynamics we learn to self-protect because we build defenses and when we build defenses when we feel powerless it's usually what dictates where we build a wall where we shut off where we can't listen anymore where we are incapable of change so it's something that formed for a good reason when this person was very young. And it's, uh, it's not about you or how much they love you. So I hope uh, that made sense. It's not about the person not loving you enough. It's just an old piece of who they are, how they formed. Alrighty, number three. Number three is called... Love is a garden, and you are the rain. So this is a way to be loving and supportive, and um, it's a way to think about your role in the partnership, especially if the other person is suffering, and you are trying to help them. Just keep misting them lightly and giving them nutrients, and all of it is soaking through. It's just dripping through at its own rate and it's just filtering through the soil. Just be that delicate and that constant and that pervasive. Just watch life thrive at its own pace. If you're wondering how to help somebody see things your way when they're stuck or you're frustrated because you're unable to you keep telling them the path and yet they can't take your advice, just close your eyes. Step back and think of just raindrops falling in your face. Be that gentle always with your love. You should just be like a presence that's nourishing, refreshing, and a source of comfort in life and, and love. What's most important to think about is that their life is not yours, and you are mo- you're not able to take over their body and fix things for them, and nor can you tell them, how to feel about their life and everything in it. They have to grow themselves at their own speed. But this doesn't mean you don't say what you need to say or that you hold back what you believe will be loving and helpful. It just means be a drizzle. Just feed them. Don't bully them or expose their roots. Just be a constant nourishing presence. And just think of it from a zero expectations point of view. This is just, you know, that's what the best kind of love is. It's when people are able to thrive, when they feel the most comfortable, and that they are accepted unconditionally. That's also more likely when they can hear you when you really do need to say something loud. When you've consistently been... Uh, kind of a nourishing presence. When you say something like, no, this is like serious and you need to hear me, or you confront them, they will really hear you just by contrast. So be the drizzle. Number four, this tool is called bad tattoos. So bad tattoos. This is how you talk to somebody else that has a bad tattoo. You show them yours. And This is also how you allow somebody to accept themselves and confront solutions or how they can hear criticism. You have to show them your hideous tattoo. (laughs) So if this person you love is struggling with something, um, it'll feel really patronizing to tell them why they should feel XYZ or they should be doing XYZ. So instead, use yourself. Use yourself as an example. Always start with yourself. Commiserate and then end with the light and happy solution. It's like secretly teaching, but always with a focus on yourself. You can't ever make someone feel like they're unaccepted as they are or that they're not okay being as they are. Just give them a peek into the truth inside of you. and Don't force it. Just treat each each thing like it's an offering. Unrelated to them, something you're offering them, like this little insight that you offer from your own experience. Because you can't make someone hear you. They have to be ready to hear you. And they have to be primed to hear you. That's actually a Buddhist principle, which is when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. It's like you could be saying the same thing every single day for 30 years and one day they will be ready to hear it. And that's when it'll finally sink in. So everything you offer, is just that it's an offering. That's number four, five. Number five is play double dutch. So I think this section is actually, we're in the, um, how to give constructive criticism slash how to best navigate, uh, conflict. So play double dutch. In other words, Communication and being heard in a way that this person can understand that you are loving is all about timing. So think of it like you're jumping through a pair of jump ropes. In order to get what you want, you need to time that jump. So keep it in your journal if you uh, can remember it. Notate when and how this person can best hear you. Like what is the style of communication that is best for them? To soak in things and just be patient. Watch, anticipate, and then jump in. So you're on the same, in the same tempo with this person. Just always wait for that perfect window. Often often when it comes to difficult communication, you need to deliver it in a method that is not going to cause a shutdown, like a security shutdown. So for example, humor is the best in my relationship. When it's, something's delivered in a casual, humorous way, it's non-threatening and it's totally doable. So, pick the safest way to hand off something serious. Number five. Number six. <laughs> this is called Olympic listening or heart-shaped ear holes. <laughs> so, basically, it's simple. The tool is listening, but listen like it's a pro sport. So much of love and affection is in how you show up. It's in your body language. At the end of the day, if you can be physically completely present and attention-wise completely present and offer that attention to this person unconditionally, it is the most healing and powerful form of love you can give them. It can actually boost their confidence quite a bit. So shut off the editing software that can play in your brain and analyze. It's just listen with all of yourself as though it's the first time you have ever spoken to them and you have no idea what they're going to say because you will likely discover you are actually hearing new words. Even though you've probably heard something similar, you're hearing it for the first time. It's like our brain begins to filter things as we get to know somebody and we believe that we are understanding what they're they're going to say like we know what they're going to say and it's an unconscious pattern that starts but once you listen completely a thousand percent in person you actually hear totally new information not to mention very very uh communicative nuances there's a lot of information that's exchanged and just the little inflections and the timing and the tone that's a very very powerful form saying a lot of very varies but You get my drift. Anyway, pay uber attention without the anticipating and you will gather a whole new meaning. Almost like you are searching for some unexpected key to arrive. And very likely it will. Listening is the greatest tool in all relationships because we all really just want to be seen. We want to be understood. And it's super healing and powerful to give this gift to another person. And especially when it's somebody that they respect that knows them, it can be incredibly healing. When you find yourself suffering to help somebody or change how they feel, just remember that you are loving them just by listening to them. That's your job, to be present with them and allow them to go through their process at the speed they need to. Positive feedback always helps. Just think of yourself like you're a firm pillow. When they want an answer, They will ask for it. Usually, they just want to be heard. Number seven. Number seven is called, (laughs) we exchange love in gift cards. So every action is like a gift card, and it's up to you to give it its value by appreciating it. You have to take in every action and take it in as though it's an exchange of love and really value it fully. Cash it in. Your heart needs to redeem the value, like my exhausted metaphor. And yes, it takes work to do this, to process it, to like do the translation. But think of the goal to be better at giving or receiving love. You might as well be from different planets because you speak different languages. So if you want to read their language, go through this practice of noticing the intent of love behind every kind of action Even the little things. Appreciate every gesture they do for you and really make it into a gift that has materialized before you. And don't judge it based on if you did that better or if it's not that big a deal as far as your abilities go. Like, just make it a habit to give the gift its real value. It'll actually be experienced by you as much more wonderful as well. You'll start to see yourself noticing more gifts because of this practice. So that's number seven. Number eight, partner swap. (laughs) I use this one all the time and I love it. No, I'm not talking about having sex with your friend's partner. It's only, um, it, this is about having friends with healthy and loving relationships. And it's a great way for figuring out a better way to feel when you're stuck. So the first part of the tool is you have to actually find a benchmark couple. A, a couple that represents to you like an ideal, healthy, mutually beneficial relationship. And when you find this couple, hang out with them. Talk to, the, talk, talk to one of them. Talk to this person. Be around them. Listen to them on the phone with their partner. Discuss arguments they've had in their partnership. T- talk about how they... Deal with responsibilities what do they do when one of them is suffering one of them is depressed basically pick their brain about how they are with one another and just like you would in uh, if you're trying to create positive change in yourself and you're like looking for you know a role model or a person that you can model behavior off of do the same thing with this relationship this benchmark couple it's a really great tool when you're struggling to feel you know bigger than your weakest self and you're in a fight or you're wanting somebody to be different and you can't just try on the head of one of your benchmark couple to see what that person would do what would this person say in this in in this situation how would this person be loving how would this person feel about this conflict would they say it's not a big deal and I don't have to feel upset about it You want to surround yourself with people that are empowered and mature about the way that they love their significant other. You do not want to talk to people that fight with their significant others. That's a great way to fight more. Talk to somebody that fights with their partner. Ask them how they feel about what your partner did. You're going to find yourself being resentful and angry way more often. So it's fine to have friends that have fucked up relationships, but just don't talk to them about it ever and don't share things about your relationship ever that's a great way to start more fights in your life i digress so basically try on another person's brain that has a great relationship when you're stuck that's the tool number nine number nine i think this is the last one my voice is tired number nine is called focus on yin focus on yin so if things aren't changing In your relationship and you want them to examine new ways that you can alter your habits the ones that you do because you are half of this rhythm how would you change the yin that is now completing their yang the yin yang starts with one side changing and you have to do that without expectation do it completely focused only on you and your body, your hands, your day, what you can control. Let go of anything they would do. Change the meaning for you. Change the habit for you. Choose other. And don't blame them for what they are not doing according to your beliefs. Stop assigning yourself the victimhood. It's, it's all about correcting emotional patterns or behavior patterns. And you get to choose. So focus on the yin. That's number nine. When will they finally say thank you for all the work you're doing? How about never? (laughs) Yeah, thank you would be nice, sure, but it really has no place in this arena. It's not relevant as a word when it comes to this kind of currency. You likely won't see a thank you or you won't see the effects of your gift giving unless you both experience a drastic marker of time. Just like you can't see yourself aging or maturing. You can't look at this process like that. You can't expect to see them realize what you're doing but that's not why you're doing it the process of loving the way you give love the more you give it furthers your course and the more you expect or demand the more you hold yourself back everyone is entitled to their own unique path on their own time and they might never agree with you or see the good and how you're trying so hard to be loving to them But if you are truly coming from a loving place, you will do it anyway. So when you give your gift, give yourself a gentle reminder that you expect nothing in return, including any particular outcome. The giving must allow the other person to have their own experience and be accepted as they are without taking care of you in the process. Giving is unselfish and we do it best when we are capable, when our reservoir is bountiful, when we are filled with joy and confidence. So keep that in mind if you catch yourself resenting what someone is not giving you in return. If you love this person and they're going through a rough time, consciously be the stronger one. If you are ready and capable, consciously be the ready and capable one. It's a great thing to be and some, something that person will likely appreciate so much more deeply After they are through the weeds. Just think about your own experience in this way. When you were suffering and you really needed someone's help desperately. And somebody showed up for you. And asked nothing of you. Completely able and ready to give their love to you. It was probably just profound. It's such a deeply life-altering, universe-altering experience. It's so humbling to be loved unconditionally. It's something you could never repay. There is no thing that could repay it. And therefore, it exists as this most powerful gift we have to give. It's that bond, that unconditional, unwavering gift, that becomes the measure of who you are as a human being. And it's something that cannot be quantified or described or debated in value it's pure and uncut It's the most powerful thing in all of human existence and that's pretty fucking awesome it's pretty wonderful it's it's like the most healing limitless resource that we have to give inside of us with nothing else but our hearts and that is the beauty of being in a relationship you get to give that incredible potent amazing feeling to somebody else, just by being yourself. It's not to get something from the other person, it's to give that, to be that, and to feel that back at you. So when you're doing great and happy and confident, now is the time to give yourself completely, and even more so than you might normally, to this person you're in a relationship with. Just like mountain climbers belaying up a mountain face, you're gonna reach impossible places together. You can take risks, you can lean on that strength, that bond, you can test limits in other arenas of your life. If one of you falls down, the other one could carry the weight for a while. Do it happily. Not to mention you have somebody to hang out with and talk to and laugh with the whole way up. But I know this is a lot. <laughs> I hope you got something out of it and Just a reminder, this is just my opinion. So if there was stuff that didn't ring true for you, just take what you like and leave the rest. And uh, have lots of love. I hope you have a good one. Don't forget to smile.